So, Tim, do you know how there's a scene in Suicide Squad where Will Smith is like, we're in some kind of Suicide Squad? Yes, I do remember that part. I'm trying to think of a way to do an opening like that for this podcast, but it doesn't work because our name is bizarre. Like, we can't say we're on some kind of couch potatoes saga. Or we kind of can. We kind of can. Kind of. Let's try it out. You know what, Steven? Been watching these been watching these movies for so long it's like we're on some kind of couch potato saga no that doesn't work all right all right so that's we're on open. some kind of potato couch potato. Maybe, we, maybe we change the words around okay so this is the couch potato saga <laughs> in the morning in the morning yes um <laughs> God, this is a mess. Okay, so today we're going to talk about Suicide Squad, which we didn't like. Spoilers for the podcast, I guess. Yes. Uh, yeah, my bad, guys. Wasn't wasn't a huge fan, but yeah, let's talk about it. Not right now. That Not right now. It's, it's later. Eventually, yeah. yeah. It'll be like Memento. Hey, we should do uh, we should do the next Dragon Ball Z movie next week. Yeah, we should do that. I think I'm mostly free. We're also probably going to watch Green Room. Yes, I think we are. Uh, I watched it a while ago. Stephen has not yet. It's a pretty good movie. It was not in theaters in my area. Oh, poor you, Lillian. Shitty Ohio. We get like five fucking showings of that weird-ass Hillary's America documentary. We had showings of that, too. Dude, there were the most showings that it's possible to have in our theater without it also being in 3D. Do you understand that? Dude, the only thing that happens in Ohio is like gathering the, the juggalos, and that's about it. That's also like I kind of want to. I feel like I need to experience that. Like just out of sheer curiosity. I don't know, man. It's like I don't know if it'll be a good time. It probably won't be, but I need to know. It's such a weird subculture that like I can't. Like, how is that still relevant? Who still listens to ICP? people who get together at a thing called the gathering of the juggalos this is true okay but uh anyway wow this got spun out of this got spun to a weird place we're recording a little later than usual um i don't have any caffeine obviously i don't know if i'm gonna leave that part in we'll decide later but yeah so today we're gonna talk about young adult novel adaptations we're gonna talk about a bunch of other superhero movies i guess uh, Frank Ocean as well mm-hmm. is going to make his appearance on this podcast. Yes, uh, in person, he will, obviously. He, he will be. No, he's going to be on the. He's going to be on the show. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we have a lined up for interview. Frank Ocean. Yeah. We're also going to talk about fast food again. It's been a while, Tim. All right, let's go for it. And now on with the show. Okay, so first of all, the movies we have coming up this week or a couple of days ago. I'm going to leave my options open, considering how editing goes. We have Pete's Dragon, the remake of Nobody's Favorite Disney Movie, and Sausage Party, which is not a porno, as far as I know. Yeah, it's animated, R-rated movie starring Seth Rogen, so... It could be a porno. We may, we might go see it. Probably not. Probably not. Um, it's probably not going to happen. I'm just not. I, I usually like Seth Rogen stuff for whatever reason, but I just don't. We might talk nah. about it down the line, or 
in passing, but it's not going to be like the feature of our episode. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like I'm more interested to talk about green room, I guess, but, um, Pete's dragon is, it's getting a lot better reviews than I thought it would. Yeah. Maybe it's okay. Yeah. But I can't imagine anyone's going to care still. It might. I I doubt it actually. No, no, it's Pete's. Who cares about Pete's dragon? And this movie hasn't been marketed like at all. That's Robert Redford in it. Cool. Carl, Carl Urban's in it. Bones. Yeah, I yeah, that's nice. I don't think either of those guys are like, let's go see the new Robert Redford movie, Stephen. They'll totally show up to see Judge Dredd fight a dragon, though, just like they totally showed up to the Judge Dredd movie or the Star Trek movie. God damn it. I like Carl Urban, but man, that guy, not a box office draw. Apparently nothing in that movie is a box office draw. Dragons. Dragons aren't really box office draws, are they? No, they aren't. We should fix that as a society. How to treat your dragon movies do decently. That's true. I think they do like well, actually. I'm kind of surprised there's not a third one yet. It feels like it's been a while since the second one. Yeah, that's like one of the... That's like one of DreamWorks' like actually good franchises. It might be the only one, actually. DreamWorks... Because they ruined Shrek. No, Kung Fu Panda. I was going to say, Kung Fu Panda came out this year. Yeah, they have two. Okay. Um, I forget if we talk... I think we did talk about how they're bringing Shrek back. We did, did we talk yes. about how they're bringing Shrek back? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Really, I just want All-Star being there again. I wonder if it was because of the memes. That would be really depressing. So, you know, like Shrek, you got the Arthur memes and the SpongeBob memes. Does it mean there's going to be an Arthur movie? Maybe. Dude, I feel like it's like really clear, like our age group is like creating that shit at this point. I don't know. Is it? Which is kind of sad. No, who else watches this stuff? That's like the shit we watched when we were kids. Okay, yeah, but I don't know. I'm kind of depressed because, like, just stop it with the oversaturated nonsense of memes. But I think it could be a coincidence. It's been a while since, like, the Shrek jokes were a thing. That's yeah. That's, I don't think they were widespread enough. But like, the SpongeBob ones, holy shit! What are SpongeBob memes? The caveman Spongebob. Okay. Right. And the Mr. Krabs thing. Okay. Why are we talking about memes? I don't know. You know, there are, I don't want to come off like an angry old man, but there are some things I just don't get about my age group. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. I absolutely do not understand people that scroll through sites like nine gag and iFunny looking at memes. And I also don't understand like, I watch YouTube videos kind of a lot, actually, but like, I don't understand this big infatuation with YouTube, I guess. Oh, YouTube culture is strange when you get like really into it. A lot of what I saw actually sort of comes out of like movie criticism. It's like, fuck critics. I only listen to YouTube critics now. And it's like, wait, really? And I mean, I guess I sort of see the value in that as like seeing, hey, here's what this person thinks, but like, why do you put them above other people? Like I always thought the point of critics was that like the reason you like critics is because they bring this knowledge to medium that you might not otherwise have. They look at it from another perspective and 
Oh, I do get it. Actually, it's people want to see their opinions validated. Yeah, they want people to agree with them. But yeah, yeah I also, talk myself in there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely like that's what's happening. But oh, uh, it's more. It's it, not even that. I mean, people are gonna like what they like, obviously. But maybe I'm an asshole. But I don't really trust people people's homegrown entertainment to that degree to just like saturate myself in YouTube videos. You know? Yeah. Like I don't. I've met people. I know people. I don't trust people to be consistently humorous in a way that I want to view all the time. You know, like it, I have more faith in, in like this big system, which is a weird thing to say, but I don't know. The grassroots thing doesn't really appeal to me because it just seems very, I don't trust people who are just like me, I guess is the thing. Yeah, no, same. I, like I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm not that funny. And you know, I'm a little funny, but I'm not that funny. And so like, so I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch me, you know, I don't want to watch things made by me really. <laughs> and everyone just turned off our podcast anyway, except couch potato saga. in the morning. <laughs> I don't understand this desire to at least not balance both of those and to go just straight into YouTube all the time is what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Speaking of YouTube, I was considering watching Red versus Blue. I don't know if this is a bad idea or not. What do you mean? Like watch Red versus Blue, the show. Oh, um, I watched the first season. I thought it was funny. I didn't really care about it after that. And apparently it's still going. Yeah. So, I saw there's like 14 seasons and I was like, holy shit. Maybe yeah. Don't I do that. Into it. I wouldn't but do that. They're fairly short episodes. There's a lot of them though. There's a lot of them, but they don't seem to ever go over 15 minutes. They don't have a lot. They go over 10. Maybe. Maybe. I, don't know. I might. It just depends. But they again. have it like on network television, which is odd. Like, I don't know how they space that out. Wait, they do? Yeah, like on, um, it's not a very big channel, but El Rey Network shows it. That's weird. Which is like Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez is a fan of Red versus Blue. I know they show a lot of Godzilla movies and Kung Fu movies sometimes that make me kind of wish I had El Rey. In a random wrestling show, which is amazing. Is it Mexican wrestling? Yes, it's, uh, it's a Lucha oh, Underground. It's great stuff, dude. It's, uh, what is it? It's like, oh man, how do I even explain it? Imagine a wrestling show, except all the backstage segments are shot like a soap opera. <laughs> like a Mexican soap opera. A telenovela. It's, it's really interesting. It doesn't take itself seriously at all, and it's fantastic. But enough of that. Do they have like... Is it the same kind of wrestling drama or is it like soap opera type drama? Well, it's kind of a certain point. Both of those are kind of the same, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Wrestling is essentially just a soap opera, except like whenever like the evil twin screws you over, you can, you know, go punch him in the face instead of just kind of taking it. Tim, I think we should pitch a wrestling soap opera. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Those are difficult to start, but yeah. Me and you, man. Okay. This is our business. But yeah, Steven, you have to pay like daytime that. wrestling soap. People who stay at home during the day can just stick around and just watch somebody just like suplex a motherfucker. <laughs> Days of wrestling. Yeah. 
suplex somebody into a coma. Yeah, like, it'd be great it, stuff. You know, that's that's how that works. I don't know Here. wrestling moves, by the way. I just know suplex. He full Nelson suplex that's a, that's a wrestling move, right? Suplex and John Cena. That's what you need to know. Pile driver. That's one, right? Um, yeah. Do people do that? Like, I know they the- jump from ropes. Um, I think in certain instances, it is appropriate to shout, give them the chair. <laughs> Steven, your wrestling knowledge is. Under cages sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Bone saw is ready. I know that. <laughs> is that Randy Savage from Spider-Man you're talking about? Yes. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> So in other news, Daisy Ridley, she of the main character in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, is going to be in a young adult novel from Lionsgate. Try it again. Ridley, what are you doing? Lionsgate, stop. Young adult novel Chaos Walking by Patrick Ness, um, I would say. I have never seen a genre die a death this fast. Yeah. You know, and they didn't really get that many out, did they? No. They had like essentially no, they didn't have one single series that stayed successful the whole way through. I think the Maze Runner did okay. Yeah, it's almost like you did the Maze Runner, you did Twilight's almost not even really this because like No, Twilight because it's the different. dystopian young adult. Yeah, it's there was the paranormal romance young adult in which that also died to death. But man, they also didn't get that many movies out with that either. But let me tell you, man, when you've gotten Barnes and Noble to like mark out a section called Paranormal Teen Romance, you've won. Okay. That's true. And perhaps it's time to stop at that point. But so I'm going to read you what Variety says about Chaos Walking. Okay. Chaos Walking, The Knife of Never Letting Go, published in 2008, is the first book in a trilogy. Oh. is set in a dystopian world where all living th- creatures can hear each other's thoughts. And the thing that stuck out most to me about this was The Knife of Never Letting Go. I hope they split the third movie into two parts. <laughs> um, I've heard... Apparently it's won some awards and it might not be. I've I've heard some people say it's fine. So, I'm not saying it isn't, but man, just no one's gonna care. Oh wait, Doug Lyman's making this. That Who's helps that? a little bit. Edge of tomorrow. Oh wow. Okay. Identity. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So this if they, fine, if they market this as uh, an action movie starring Daisy Ridley. They could this, yeah. this might do fine. Do you think she has two love interests? Oh, I hope so. I hope it's two love interests. I hope that she is the chosen one of something. It looks like from reading here that it's just so far, it's just a boy, a dog, and her. So maybe it's a love triangle between the boy and the dog and the girl. (laughs) She has to pick one or the other. And other news of things that should probably be dead by now. The Simpsons is going to have its first hour-long episode. What? Really? First time ever? Yeah. That seemed like something they would have done already. See, apparently, it seems like it's going to be sort of a take on Empire. But. Okay. 
when you can't really okay when you can't make people like your show with half hour episodes maybe an hour isn't a good idea the simpsons hasn't been a good idea for like a while yeah I'm not trying pretty much anything like they had a live episode a while ago that we talked about they need to stop i'm not sure how that works um the simpsons will stop when people stop watching so stop watching Are, everybody yeah sure i don't who watches it i feel like it's just kind of a show that's yeah, that's sort of the thing. Like, I don't actually know anybody who watches The Simpsons. Like, maybe they do, but I feel like it might be like one of those shows that, because I'm like Fox. So, it might be one of those shows that just kind of stays on in the house. That's true. Well, you have your TV just kind of playing. Apparently, people still watch Family Guy. Yeah, I. Seems weird now. That, that does seem very strange. <laughs> but yeah, so. Good luck to the Simpsons sustaining an hour. That movie was fine. I guess. Yeah. Nobody really remembers that it happened anymore. Uh, Simpsons. Speaking of vaguely music related things, Frank Ocean, let's talk about him. Yeah, so uh, Frank Ocean uh, turns out he couldn't make it to our show. Uh, <laughs> he, he just didn't show up. We don't know what happened. He just. That's it. You know, that's kind of that's kind of what this story is about. Um, so Frank Ocean's new album, Boys Don't Cry. So all week, Frank Ocean, if you don't know who Frank Ocean is, Frank Ocean is hip hop R&B artist. More R&B. More R&B. Yeah, that released an album that everyone liked about was it 2012 or 2013? I think it was. Been a mixtape everybody liked. Yeah, so people really liked some this features guy. Everybody liked, and then he promptly vanished. Until like what? He showed up on one of the versions of Wolves by Kanye West. Yeah, which was crazy. But he had like, and, and he, was he just recorded that sample in like a bathroom or something, and just sent it off. Yeah, Kanye I, I, from I don't know whatever cabin he was hiding in. Yeah, I have no idea. He was I remember he was scheduled to play a festival a while ago. He dropped out like a week before, which probably didn't make the promoters all too happy. He's been doing some weird shit as of late. Like he was I remember like he scheduled the album for release, like I think sometime in like 2015. That kind of came and went. It was either 20, I don't know when it was, but he's he's had himself a history. Frank dropped out again. Yeah. Um, it was set to be an Apple Music exclusive for a month or a couple months, I assume. I don't remember how long, but so Frank Ocean's website has been had had been streaming him just cutting wood in a T-shirt for a while, and then it showed nothing. It was all in the lead up to this album that then didn't happen. Yeah, which I think is hilarious. And it's as of this time, it still hasn't. Pretty sure it hasn't. It hasn't. No. Yeah. Oh, Frank. I didn't jump on this artist for this reason. <laughs> I think I feel like I need to check out his stuff at some point, but he's making me. It, it's it's giving me a very Game of Thrones vibe, where I'm glad I'm not a fan. 
I listened to some of his last album a while, a while ago. I don't remember much about it. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I but, listened to a bit of it too, but and yeah, it's it's good stuff, but yeah, I can't set myself up for that disappointment, Stephen. So do you think this is do you think this is better or worse than what happened with the life of Pablo? Oh, this might be worse. <laughs> because yeah. nothing, literally nothing. And at least with Life of Pablo, you kind of had a tease of it, so you had something to listen to. That's true before it was released but this you just have no idea what's going on but see then again like with kanye you kind of had the expectation that something would exist yeah whereas with frank he's sort of playing to people expecting this maybe in the back of their minds to just not happen so i don't know they're both bad 2016 has been an interesting year for music. It has been. It's very, very strange. Yeah. David Bowie died. Beyonce released a movie. Lots of weird shit. Kendrick found some tapes in his basement and released them. Because of LeBron James. Because of LeBron James, yeah. It's, it's been a, it has been a very strange time. The avalanche has returned. Yeah, out of nowhere. But yeah, so another music news. New York is going to name Lyndon Boulevard Lyndon Boulevard after Fife Dog from a tribe called Quest. Alright. Though it's a little weird because it says they're gonna co-name it. Co okay. It's a street. Yeah, so like I assume it's going to be like Linden Boulevard still, but like below it, it's probably going to have Fife Dog below there or something. <laughs> and but they're also not just calling it Fife Dog Way; they're calling it Malik Fife Dog Taylor Way, which does not roll off the tongue nearly as well. So that's yeah. a little disappointing. Wait, why is it called Boulevard and then Way? How do street names get decided? I don't know, man. I don't know. Is it just arbitrary? Does do they decide I want to call this one a boulevard, or is there like a specific type of street that a boulevard is? Let's look it up. Roads sure. run between two distant points, two towns, for example. Ancient towns you'll find streets, paved roads, lined with houses and other buildings. It's used by paving or whatever. Um Wait, did you actually not find it and you're just reading stuff off a Wikipedia article about roads? An avenue is traditionally a straight road with a line of trees or shrubs along each side, which emphasizes arrival at a landscape or architectural feature. A boulevard is usually a widened multi-lane artinal street with a median and landscaping between the curbs and sidewalks on either sides. A court is a short street that ends as a cul-de-sac. A drive can be short for driveway, a private road for local access to one, or a small group of structures. Other times it refers to meandering rather than straight roads and highways. An expressway is a divided highway meant for high-speed traffic. A freeway is a road designed for... Okay, people know that. A lane is a narrow road. A way is a minor street off a road in a town. Wait, so why is this called Fife Dog Way then? Maybe like only part of it is Fife Dog Way. Yeah, and then like the rest of it's just the boulevard or whatever. Take a left up on Fife. You know? yeah. That'd be pretty good to say. I'm actually, 
I guess it kind of makes sense that there would be like a specific name for what these things are, but it, it just feels so arbitrary. I kind of wish it was arbitrary. Yeah. Like it's just like, yeah, this, this feels like, like I wish that article, whatever you were reading just said, like they, they alternate every three streets as they have to name Sid Avenue. Yeah. That'd be kind of great. In other news that I can't find a transition for, Willem Dafoe is going to be in Netflix's Death Note movie as... Wait, Netflix is making the Death... Yeah, Netflix is making the Death Note movie. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. (laughs) He's going to be the voice of the Shinigami, which basically means the weird death demon thingy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's best news of this movie so far yeah i'm cool william defoe just gets gotta go full green goblin cast another white guy i don't know i like william defoe um <laughs> hey look man it's the death god that's fine it's yeah it's a japanese death god anyway, he will be cgi do you think he's gonna i really hope he just like screams his lines from spider-man for no reason me too that'd be great but like, yeah, so like I just want him as like the kids writing in the death note to be like finish it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's some bullshit. But it's it's still a bunch of white dudes. But I, I will all right with the voice of the death god. I'm still not positive on this movie at all. I like the director a lot. Maybe it won't suck. But all right, what else we got? They said that. Jessica Jones and the Defenders aren't no Jessica Daredevil. Jones and Daredevil aren't coming until the Defenders is done. Yes, which I guess is yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. I'm glad know. they're actually moving forward with this instead of just. Yeah, it it almost seemed like it wasn't going to happen. Like that, they just they announced it to happen at some point, but it always. It's weird because I didn't really expect a Daredevil season two when they announced all this. Yeah, and that happened. And it was just like, oh, we're still pushing everything back. And then it didn't look like Iron Fist was going to happen. Now Iron Fist is happening. And now Defenders has a date. So not a date, but a presumed time when it will be released, which is between Iron Fist and or after Iron Fist. Yeah, they... When they announced this, they just said like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders. So I assume they were just going to move through all that and like it would almost be like alternating seasons of the same show or something. But yeah, but maybe that's what it originally was. But like when they, I don't know, maybe they got a little ambitious with their planning to start off with. Yeah, but they haven't really, they haven't really got off track too bad yet. So good for them. Yeah. Um, you got anything else to say? No, that's about it. Okay, well, in other streaming news, Hulu is getting rid of that free tier. Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. As somebody who didn't really use Hulu at all while it was free, um, I'm not really that bad. Hulu used to charge for ads, which was some bullshit. They still charge for ads. Which is still some bullshit. At least they have a tier without ads now. Yeah, what they charge you for is the ability to use it on a device that's not your computer. Which is crazy. So, I mean, I guess Netflix 
has the same thing, but Netflix also doesn't have ads. Well, what do you mean Netflix is the same thing? Well, Netflix charges you, it doesn't have a free tier, tier either, but it's just the one tier with Netflix, you get everything. Oh, well, yeah. Um, and it, as we said when we were talking about this before, it looks a lot, it looked a lot worse when Netflix was cheaper, but now that Netflix is like 10 bucks a month now, yeah, it, it, it looks less bad. Now it's essentially just Hulu is two dollars more, but. Yeah, like I didn't think Hulu was worthwhile at all before I was paying for it. Like now I can watch Criterion movies and I've apparently seen every episode of Seinfeld already, but it was nice to be able to go through all of them and confirm that fact. So, yeah, no. Um, and Hulu selection is decent in some regards, but it just. It does get better when you, you know, subscribe. Like yeah, a, they have a lot of Cartoon Network and Adult Swim stuff, which is cool. Uh, they got this Shield, other stuff. <laughs> it, they are getting better. I really wish they would have. I, I I do hope at some point they go a Netflix route and just, you know, get rid of the ads and just have it like ten dollars, just like Netflix is. I don't think they're gonna do that. I don't think so either. But just. Yeah, I was I was subscribed for like a month back when they didn't like right before they had the tier where you could not have the ads, and I was just like, "The fuck am I paying for a, a streaming service where I have to watch commercials?" I think in theory the commercials are sort of what entice people to put things on Hulu, so like they might not get newer shows as new as they are anyway. Otherwise. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's like, how is Netflix doing that? Netflix has Netflix really doesn't have a lot of shows that are that new. Like uh, yeah, when stuff okay. comes out on Netflix, it's usually at least several months old. That's that's fair. Although I think the CW shows are working out a way for their shows to get on Netflix quicker. Yeah, but like even then, like that's Net- that much. CW used to be on Hulu. Um. Oh yeah, it did. Okay, so a Man of Steel sequel is supposedly in development now. Yeah, woo, Which great. Was not in development before. Um, yeah, what? Yes, everybody really wanted this Man of Steel sequel after these great movies that came out recently. You know, I feel like they need it at least because people people don't like Superman really they need to try again yeah like they it might work if superman just becomes better by being around all these other characters but i think when your core superman movie and was not great and then you put out batman v superman where people liked batman and very much not superman because they cut him out of that movie pretty much but yeah, it's. I think it is necessary to do this. They could just whether it will be good or not. Probably not, but probably not knowing this universe. But wait, Tim, I thought I thought Superman died at the end of Batman v Superman. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Good times. Shit. Remember when, when I remember when Batman v Superman was Man of Steel too. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was that was that originally, wasn't it? Yeah. Literally what it was was Man of Steel 2. And then it was just like, nope, something completely different. 
and it kind of sucked. I wonder if this is a reaction to like the reception of everything. Like they thought they could coast on Superman or at least they thought they could coast on Batman, but that movie didn't do well. And so now they're like, okay, maybe if we try to make Superman good, now it'll work. Oh, well, anyway, so other stuff DC is doing, they're making a Justice League dark movie. We talked about that a little bit, but we didn't really know who the lineup was. And now we do. The lineup is going to include John Constantine, played by that guy who plays Constantine everywhere now. He's the, yeah, it's the dude from Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Swamp Thing, Zatanna. Dead Man, Etrigan, and Black Orchid, who's the only one I didn't really we didn't really call. Yeah, but we were definitely right about Etrigan, and I didn't expect that. So the other thing when we talked about this, we talked about how Justice League Dark is cool because it's sort of moving the spotlight away from the more established Justice League characters. However, Batman is also going to be in this movie. Yeah, so it's all of these kind of uh, really kind of B-tier characters, and then you got Batman, who I'm sure will be the main character. Oh, boy. So that's kind of sad. But at least we get Swamp Thing. How big was Swamp Thing's actually cool? Shut up. No, Um. I'm excited. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Okay, I thought that was like, oh boy, we get Swamp Thing. No, no Swamp I'm like, cool. Shut the fuck up. No, dude, I'm like, ex- actually, like, decently excited about most of these characters. Should make a Swamp Thing movie, dude. Edrikin. I'm sorry, I, I weirdly like Edrikin more than anybody ever. I don't know why. Because he's awesome, dude. It's a freaking hell demon. That's true, but he has a weird outfit. Yeah, it's an awesome outfit. That's what you wear when you're a demon from hell. Oh, he just wears a cape and like a jumpsuit. I'd wear a cape and a jumpsuit too if I was a demon. But like, what is he a superhero demon? Does he yeah. save people in hell? Yes, I think maybe. What does he like rescue people from train tracks when he's in hell? Is that what he does? Dude, Edrickin's a pretty cool dude. Man. Does he stop you know, people from robbing the hell bank? You, you fucking stop right now. <laughs> I will not have this slander on this show. Somebody poisoned the hell water hole. You get the fuck out of here. You don't make fun of Edrickin here. <laughs> okay. Um, in other news, Disney's bringing back the Rocketeer. Did I tell you I watched The Killing Joke? How was that? It sucked. All of it? All the way yeah, through? Um, the Batman, the Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill stuff was fine. I like them going back and forth. So... Basically, the last part of it. Yeah, and even that wasn't always great. There was a very strange part. Spoilers, by the way. But um, yeah, there was there was a very odd part. Don't watch this movie; it's not good. They had a whole prologue section with like Batgirl, like kind of establishing her as a character, and Batman was like her father figure, who she ended up fucking. Don't know why. And then the second half of it, she gets shot in the spine and she's just character motivation. You know, I feel like her being, man, 
how no, does there, how does her being fucked by Batman make her a better character? Is the question here because that's the intention of building up that whole prologue is to flesh out her role a little more. Oh, absolutely, but it doesn't work at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's bad, but yeah, that's also Bruce Timm's kind of had a weird thing for Batgirl and Batman. I've heard that. I don't know, but it kind of seem weird. I, I don't know. They, they always seem to like make some interesting missteps with Batgirl. And it's kind of impressive because people like really like that character and they just continue to fuck it up. Do you think they'll make a Batgirl movie in the future to try to make things right? Yeah. And I hope they screw it up too. <laughs> they haven't really made a good one in a while. Have they? What was the last one? Assault on Arkham? Yeah, like Assault on Arkham. The last, like, yeah, that was probably the last one I, like, really enjoyed. When was that? Oh, that was a bit ago. Yeah. And then before that, it was Flashpoint. Even Flashpoint has issues. Flashpoint has issues, but Flashpoint's fun. Flashpoint's fun, but Flashpoint Flashpoint's really rushed. It's absolutely rushed, but you haven't seen these movies, man. Flashpoint should be like a mini series in a perfect world. Oh yeah, that would be really cool, actually. Flashpoint's a really cool comic book storyline. For if anyone doesn't know, Flash messes up the timeline. But all right, let's uh, what's we got? The Rocketeer. Rocketeer, yeah. Um, did never watch that movie. It's actually really good. I like it a lot. Um, it's I don't know if it's set during World War II, but it has Nazis in it, and like so- Timothy Dalton. Spoilers for the zero. Hmm? Captain America Zero. Kind of. It has that. It has that tone to it of like. That's, I've heard that it's really similar to the first Captain America movie. It has like that kind of whimsical vibe to it, and Just really hammy. Yeah, and it's like vaguely steampunk. Like Howard Hughes is a character in that movie. Um, it, it's a lot of fun, actually. It's, I think it's one of the better superhero movies. Yeah, I, I want to watch it at some point because I've heard good things, but... Timothy Dalton's a villain. That's awesome. And there's this, the climax is on a Zeppelin. Zeppelins make everything better. It's, a, it's just a Zeppelin that's in New York. Okay, so no, here's, the, here's what happens in The Rocketeer. Again, spoilers for The Rocketeer if you care for some reason. Um, it's a really old movie. It's like a really it. old movie. You have no reason to care. Shut up. Um, <laughs> so what happens is like these mobsters. Okay. Timothy Dalton like tricks these mobsters into helping him grab like the hero and his love interest. Okay. And the way the hero gets out of that is he tells the mobsters that Timothy Dalton's a Nazi and they turn on him because fuck Nazis. That's amazing. But and then, like, other Nazis come out of the bushes, and then, like, the FBI or CIA or whatever shows up, and then the mobsters and the CIA or FBI are fighting the Nazis, and then the Zeppelin comes up, up <laughs> in the distance, and they escape. I remember there was some nonsense, like, a while ago during, like, you find some oddly patriotic, uh, sometimes some of the writers of comic books do some weirdly patriotic stuff. I remember there's, like, a screen grab of the Joker getting angry of, I, it, I think it might be Red Skull. Oh yeah. Yeah. I and he's just like, Oh, you're a Nazi. 
I'm I'm crazy, but I'm an um, American, and it's just like, dude, no, that's kind of silly. But Joker I mean, this, does not care. This seems kind of it. It worked in this movie, I thought, and it didn't even really seem overly patriotic or anything. It was more just fuck the Nazis than yeah, America. I yeah, that, no, that sounds kind of awesome, but I think <laughs> yeah, the other one funny. I remember was uh it was this during. It was like after 9-11 and they had, it was uh, some of the villains were upset about it too. And those were, uh, those villains were Kingpin, Dr. Doom and Magneto. Yeah. That's possibly the worst choice you could make. I feel like Dr. Doom might've worked, but no, Dr. Doom has done worse things. Yeah. But Dr. Doom is also, Dr. Doom also loves his country. It, it's not, this isn't his country, but I don't know. It would work if it was like his country, but Dr. Doom has done crazy shit. Magneto. Magneto has done crazy yeah. shit. Magneto, no. Magneto doesn't give a shit about regular humans. No. Kingpin um, would just care about his stocks. And at a certain point, like, yeah, I get I get the instinct to do that, like especially right after nine eleven. Like, yeah, but, but pick pick some characters that make sense. Yeah, you know, like it, Red Skull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't do Red Skull. But like, yeah, but there, there's characters in the Marvel world, villains in the Marvel world, where you could do that kind of shit with. Those aren't them. I will not. Okay. Never mind. Anyway, so the Rocketeer that they're bringing back is going to be called the Rocketeers. Uh, it's sort of being built as a sequel slash reboot that is going to star a young African-American woman instead of like really square drawn white guy. No, that's cool. Yeah. Interesting change. I just hope they bring Timothy Dalton back. Actually, he probably can't bring him back. I think he died in a Zeppelin explosion. It's probably true. Remember. Actually, no, I think they, I think he sabotaged the backpack and then made him blow up with the backpack, if I recall. That is awesome. Yeah, like the superhero, the Rocketeer, is just like he has a rocket on his back, basically. That's what that is. It's a cool movie. You should watch it. I need to, but all right. What else we got? Next, we have fast food, Tim. So. In Wales, McDonald's is implementing a walkthrough. Oh. Like you can. Late, late at night, you can walk through and order your food. Oh, they're going to get some drunk ass people. I think that's what it's supposed to cater to. Like if you're too drunk to drive, you could, they don't yeah. serve you because you're not in a car. And like they have signs up that said for our safety, we can't serve people. Yeah, I know. Like they up. won't do that. Like you can't walk through the drive through. Yeah, but now they're going to do it to just pick up on the drunk business. Wow, that's kind of super shitty to your workers. Yeah, I don't know. It It's weird because like the reason that they don't do it generally. Well, no, actually, no. I think the reason they don't do it before is so that they don't get run over buy cars yeah people who walk up wait what were you saying was shitty you're essentially making your workers you're being like all right we're gonna attract the drunk person market oh yeah 
Well, at a certain point, you know what you're going to get. You know? Like, I assume if you work at Taco Bell late at night, you know you're getting a bunch of people who are just high as fuck. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Taco Bell, Taco Bell is going to put Cheetos in a burrito. Fuck you, Burger King. Cheetos in a burrito, yeah. So they're going to have a burrito that has beef, cheese sauce, rice, and Cheetos. Did I tell you I tried that uh, mac and and Cheetos? How was that? That it was, uh, it just tasted like some really cheap, uh, what's it called? Macaro fried mac and cheese. Ew. Yeah, it wasn't great. It's like bad mac and cheese is really bad. Like, I never ate mac and cheese in my school because it was just disgusting. At a certain point, it just becomes like, mm, okay. Glob. I say it wasn't great, but it's it was passable. Like it's edible. I don't know if I'd pay the amount of money they charged for it, but how much do they charge for it? I don't remember. Actually, <laughs> I got it once, and I was like, "All right, that's enough. Don't need to do that again." I'm proud of you. So, Tim, even though we built up to Jason Bourne, we didn't record last week, and I didn't get to see it even. So, what did you think of Jason Bourne? Oh, it's. The worst Jason Bourne movie, except for maybe Legacy, which I haven't seen. I was planning to watch that, but I never did. Yeah, same. But uh, it's my issue of it is I think the Jason Bourne movies work when you're kind of looking back on it in hindsight, like knowing like this is kind of what was happening around the time. This is just what movies were kind of at the time. And they feel like very products of their time. This movie didn't update anything really except for some technology use here and there so it ended up just feeling like a boring movie that's it it felt like a movie that came out in 2016 that felt like it should have come out in like 2008 so it felt like it never stopped yeah like this is just another movie they had a line where they said enhance when they were trying to find jason boring it it still had that sweaty feel it had the shape weird because like none of them had the sweaty feel outside that first one. Yeah. It still kind of felt like that. And it just, it had the same look as those movies. The chick was back and it just, it followed the exact same plot as every other born film. And they did something as a minor spoiler here, but it's, it, it came about halfway through the movie. So it's whatever. And it kind of just pissed me off. But Essentially what they did is they had this very kind of ambiguous, like we don't know who's right or wrong. Like the whole plot was that Boren, whenever he like leaked some of this stuff in like the last couple of movies, it endangered soldiers' lives. So they were like trying to kill him. Or well, no, what happened was uh the chick from the first three more movies, right? Julia Stiles. Yeah, she got like some data, gave it to Boren. So they were like trying to kill Boren because they thought Boren was going to leak it. So they had like this one spy who was like in some country. And when the data got leaked and he ended up getting captured because of it, and Tommy Lee Jones is his whole thing is that uh, 
like this endangers people's lives. Like people can get seriously hurt if this data leaks. So it feels very like morally gray where you're not like both sides seem to have points. And it doesn't seem like one side is right or one side's wrong. Like they both have like arguments for them. Then about halfway through the movie, they reveal through all of that out the window. And it's like, no, these guys, those guys are dicks. You're supposed to root against them. So it's not even like a bad plot line in so far as like the other ones were kind of bad plots, but it didn't matter. This like it one, matters enough to this make one you threw it in your face about it. Okay. Like the action gonna, scene's good. At yeah, least. they're fine. They're Jason Bourne action scenes. There's a part, and I, I don't like nitpicking these, but I just think this was funny. But like, there's a car chase on the Strip of Las Vegas, and it's like, yeah, you can't do that. It's the Strip of Las Vegas. There's yeah, always there's, traffic. Yeah. <laughs> like even with that scene of them plowing through all the cars and the trailers, like that didn't happen nearly enough. Like it's just a straight up car chase in the strip. It's like, yeah, no, the strip that's like New York tier traffic all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. You've been in Vegas, haven't you? Yeah. Didn't you lose your wallet there? Yeah. I got my shit stolen. <laughs> Good times. Thumbs down. What what would you have given it? Uh, probably a two point oh. Oh, really? Possibly a two point five. Wow. Okay. Speaking of two point let's talk about Suicide Squad. Okay, so Suicide Squad is DC movie starring a bunch of DC that all get together because the government decided hey these guys are bad people nobody's going to care if they die and we can send them in and just say hey they're villains if they get caught so um except they send them in with navy seals so yeah it doesn't make any sense um So in this movie, basically, Amanda Waller puts together a team of Deadshot, also known as Will Smith, and will henceforth be referred to as Will Smith because holy shit, was that Will Smith? He was Will uh, Smith as fuck. Yeah. Except Will, the only thing that was not Will Smith about him was that Will Smith doesn't usually have that much of a beard. Yeah, that's true. Um, Harley Quinn, the girlfriend of the Joker. That's kind of basically what her character is. Yeah. Um, Captain Boomerang. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. He throws he, boomerangs. He has mutton chops. He looks a lot like Tom Hardy. Um, oh, fuck it. Uh, El Diablo, a former, a former gang member who has fire powers. Rick Flagg, who is a soldier man. Man, I I literally can't remember who's on the Suicide Squad. Katana, Katana, the Rick Flagg's bodyguard. She's the, Asian. She that's kind of her character. Yeah, she's Asian, so you know she has a sword, and also it traps the souls of its victims. I guess Killer Croc. Killer Croc, right? Killer Croc was there, played by the dude from Lost. Well, right, was that the guy from Lost? He was Mister Echo in Lost. Okay. Killer Croc was there. Uh, Rope got Slipknot. Slipknot. The best character uh, 
think they're going to do some weird spinoff of him where he becomes the eighth member of the Justice League from what I've heard. Slabot's going to get his own solo movie. Yes, he deserves it. He can climb anything. (laughs) (laughs) So they described him. <laughs> that was it. That's all. That's all you, you get. That one line. He can climb any. Oh my fucking. Oh my god. Oh, the man. best character. Okay, so they go to fight Enchantress, who was supposed to be a member of the Suicide Squad, and went crazy, revived her weird Pharaoh demon brother, and now wants to destroy the world with a beam of light. Which, by the way, Amanda Waller just has her demon brother in, like, a closet. Like, yeah. holy shit, put that behind some, like, doors, man. Like, lock that thing. Like, I don't care if she can teleport. It just seems like... I'm not sure Amanda Waller knew it was her brother. It just, it just seems dumb. Okay, we should probably explain that her brother is, like, some weird little totem thing. Yeah. Because it just sounds that just sounds weird out of context if you don't know if you've seen this movie. <laughs> um okay, yeah, so they all go fight the Enchantress, which for some reason was they really obscured that fact in marketing for some reason. I don't know why either. Like it just Yeah. Like she has a lot more screen time than the Joker who is just here sometimes. Yeah, which apparently the Joker had most of his crap cut, so that's kinda why. But, yeah. So, first thing I want to talk about this movie, this movie made me angry in a way that I actually haven't been in a really long time. Did how? It was just that beginning, like, there's a part in this movie. floppy, yeah. They introduce Will Smith as, they introduce Will Smith Deadshot as... To just like House of the Rising Sun, and they sort of have this semi montage of him like talking to a guard or whatever, and then getting beaten. And then after House of the Rising Sun, they cut to Harley Quinn in a cell to a different song, and they have her little exposition intro scene. And then title card. Oh, was that the title card? I think it was. I think it was after that that no, Amanda I Waller. No, I think the title card was the very. Oh wait, it might have been. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then they cut to Amanda Waller, where <laughs> they then have sympathy for the devil playing. And you know what Amanda Waller does is she sits in. She's a just meeting. going through the backstories. Yeah, of she, everyone. She talk. She explains who everybody she wants to put on the Suicide Squad is. It's called Task Force X, and as she's explaining this, basically character trailers that you see on YouTube play for each character, including the ones who've already been introduced. Yeah, they immediately talk about Deadshot and Harley Quinn. It's like, we just saw them. What are you doing? Yeah, so like the way it made me angry because the idea that anybody was allowed to edit a movie like this is infuriating because it, it, it just, there is there is nothing remotely competent about it. It doesn't even feel like a real movie. Like it, it feels like some ADD bullshit made for like what they believe kids these days like or whatever. And it, it really made me mad because it, it didn't feel like they were trying to make an actual movie. It felt like it was just a collection of bullshit that they found and stitched together in a way that, they thought looked cool. 
And to be fair, I do think the movie shot its footing after that, but yeah, like, like there was a point where, like after, oh, and by the way, they repeat that scene where Amanda Waller introduces everybody because this movie is just this movie got cut to shit in post production. You can tell because there are just a bunch of scenes that repeat themselves. There aren't a bunch of scenes, but there's at least like four. Oh, that, dude, there's a flashback that reveals information you already know. Yeah, I was waiting for like there to be the reveal. Like and it's it's a reveal of something that we were shown. It's yeah. bad. Yeah, no, it's I was like, that's it. And but yeah, no, like the beginning of this movie, just the way it was edited, the way it had just things that felt like trailers, it made me mad because it it just it felt like there was this degree of incompetence that just didn't it felt like they legitimately didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. Whereas Batman V Superman also has these editing issues, but that at least felt like it was in service to an actual story or something like they were trying to make a movie. They do. I don't know. Establishing shots for some reason. Most of the scenes didn't end. This one had that problem too. But I, I still think Batman v Superman was possibly worse in that regard. Both of these movies are fucking editing messes. Don't get me wrong. But I think that, this one's worse edited. I don't at know, least man. that at least that beginning is. That might be because you I'm I'm wondering if that's because you watched the Ultimate Edition. I don't so, think so. Because, because I don't think you remember, man, because that movie's a fucking mess. No, I remember just Okay, let me put it this way. Well, first of all, Batman v Superman at least doesn't have scenes that are just blatantly repeated. Yeah, but it, instead it has scenes that are blatantly missing. That's true. But, okay. Here's the thing. I think the first 30 to 40 minutes of Suicide Squad are worse edited than the entirety of Batman v Superman. But I think... The rest of Suicide Squad after that is better edited than Batman v Superman. Okay, I'll accept that. But, um, like Will Smith gets introduced three times in this movie. Yeah, like he has that intro scene in the beginning. He has when Amanda Waller plays his character trailer, and it is such a character trailer because they they even have text up on screen like this is Deadshot and. Oh yeah, they do it for every character. They have credentials, and they do it for every character. And then, like, they have him shooting. They they introduce him as like this is what Deadshot can do later. As they take him out and take him to a gun range. I like that one. I that that scene was fine. Yeah. So yeah, that's why this movie made me mad. And by the time it got to the end, I it got better. Like, there's a noticeable point where it starts to feel like a real movie. Yeah, but, but before that, it's just. But the, but the real movie isn't great. No, it's not. It it's a movie that doesn't live up to its marketing. No, it doesn't. It's or it's end credits. No, yeah, man. End credits are real nice. They're kind of colorful. The song kind of sucked. The song sucks, but it has like the marketing, the end credits. It's all very colorful. It's all very in your face. It. Like it is basically what we accused of being hot topicy, but the movie itself is not that. The most of the movie takes place in a gray ruined city, and it's boring. The Suicide Squad movie. They're zombies. They fight they're zombies. Just, they're just a very, very boring zombie designs. Yeah, 
it's just the character interactions aren't fun. Some of them are fun, but a few here and there, but I, I, I've been like thinking about this and like, I watched that assault on Arkham movie and it's very like, there's things in that movie that I wish they would have done here. And my two main ones are they should have, this movie had world ending stakes. Doesn't need those. Yeah. I think my main complaint as well is that Enchantress is trying to like kill the world or at least make everybody worship her after she burns half of it or whatever. And it doesn't need that. In fact, it, I don't know. It ends up running into an issue where we were, I've always been kind of worried about Marvel running into, but it hasn't really yet, but it's like, where are the heroes? Where are Batman? Where's the flash? Both of these characters have been established to live in this universe. This probably interests them. You can see Batman in this movie. Yeah, you see both and of Flash. them. Yeah, yeah. The Flash is here too. Um, That's what I'm saying. Like they're established characters. Like it, it, it'd be one thing if they hadn't really established the Flash yet as like a real hero, but they showed him capturing Captain Boomerang in the beginning of this movie. So, yeah, I. What do you guys like? Come to this city that's been under attack for I think it was what three days. See. <laughs> That that's never really bothered me that much because I think that kind of suspension of disbelief happens a lot. You have to do that a lot in comics, though. I suppose you could argue that that shit happens everywhere, all over the world, all the time in comic books. Whereas in it's movies, not really it established here, yeah. But I don't know. I guess I'm just used to that. In that, I, so it doesn't bother me that much. But I, I guess, I, I guess, just like in the context of Marvel, where Marvel really has done its best not to encounter that problem, it's really blatant here. My problem with the world ending stakes is just that they're boring. That like too. it's, it's it another, doesn't need to be. It's a laser up in the sky. There are lasers up in the sky, and every oh, yeah, straight up sky beam. Like this is like Avengers had it. Man of Steel had it. Like we don't need. Stop with the sky beam. That's just the superhero movies. I'm pretty sure they had it in Transformers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it, um, yeah. What? Yeah. I, if they went with a smaller scale thing, I think it would have been better because then that also would have forced them to do the character interactions a little better. And yeah, honestly, and it would have been more fun seeing these characters try to pull up like a heist or something. It also feels like. It it feels like any band of roving anti-heroes, really. It doesn't it it feels like any band of reluctant heroes. It doesn't feel like these are supervillains who are bad people. In fact, the movie feels like it goes out of its way to make everybody seem kind of okay, all things considered. Yeah, except for the dude murdering his family. But um yeah, um No, no, they go they try to make that guy fine too. Like he's a pacifist now. He doesn't want to do that anymore. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not buying it, man. Dude murdered his family. But the the other thing that kind of brings me to my other point of kind of like another thing they kind of did in Assault and Arkham and what I think they could have done more interesting with these characters being villains is have them not like each other. That would have been nice too, because the end of this movie builds up to like this is really a spoiler because you kind of know where this is going. It it builds up to a power of friendship thing. Yeah, we're a family, and it's it. It doesn't work at all. It doesn't because 
these characters really haven't established that degree of camaraderie. Yeah. At and all. It, it, it's kind of, it's an easier route to take, but it's also more fun if you just have them not like each other. Cause if they just have personalities that don't seem like they'd work together. Yeah. But like, I don't know. This movie feels like it doesn't even give a spotlight to the majority of the characters. Like it's, it's the Harley Quinn and Deadshot show. Yeah, and they like Captain Boomerang should have been a little bit more established. Like Rick Flag is probably the third most important character in this movie if you don't count Amanda Waller. And that's boring. They like, also nobody cares about Rick Flag. Rick Flag doesn't have any interesting conflicts with anybody. There's all this weird odd thing where she's talking about she's trying to like recruit the suicide squad enchantresses because she's like, Oh, this is the age of the metahumans. We're all metahumans, we should band together. And it's like uh two of them are metahumans it's el diablo and killer croc yeah will smith is just good with guns captain will, boomerang will, captain boomerang throws boomerangs will smith has good aim harley quinn is a crazy girl with a hammer it's and a bat sometimes yeah it's not harley quinn's superpower is that she can walk in those heels just fine yeah this is these it's the dude that shoots fire and the guy that looks like a crocodile but other than that like Everything. These aren't super villains. They're just villains. You know, like Katana is just some lady with a sword. Yeah, Slipknot can climb anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Slipknot. Um, but yeah, that's my main issue with the movie. Is just it doesn't feel like it earns any of what it sets up. It it builds on these really big character moments. It builds on these really big moments of like friendship between these characters, but it doesn't feel like it's done the legwork to get there. Um, Will Smith is reasonably well-defined. I think like, I think Harley Quinn and Deadshot actually sort of feel like they work as characters more than like anybody in Batman V Superman. Yeah, they do. I actually think Deadshot might be the best character in that entire series. Yeah, he might be actually like so far, just the entire DC universe. But like, even, even then he has, I don't know. He's, no, um, it's not a high bar. I'm not yeah, saying it is. But like he, his motivation is like his daughter and it's, it's fine, I guess. But to be fair, I think that's actually pretty comic accurate. Yeah, I know. But like, like that's it's the same it's motivation fine. from Arrow. Like, like it's not, it's not bad, but it just, it's just there. Yeah, and it doesn't really do anything for his dynamic with the rest of the squad or anything. Like, he doesn't bond with anybody over the fact that he is a daughter. Yeah, he's just there. Uh, the only one that, like, does any sort of bond, and this is why it feels really forced. The only thing that's, like, anywhere comparable to that is El Diablo being, like, telling everybody his backstory. Yeah, El Diablo, like, opens up to him at one point, and that's that's really the only instance of something you could call friendship. But, like, and, it, and at he's the point the only he does one that, that does it. And even at the point where he does that, he already feels like they're family. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, you guys are my family. It's like, what? No, you, these guys, what? Yeah. And it, it doesn't feel these characters don't get any moments to build those relationships. And like Harley Quinn is fine, but I also think her relationship with the Joker is not great. Yeah. Because and it, it, it feels very one dimensional. Yeah. And, and we were, 
Go ahead. We, I feel like we should take, we should kind of talk about the abusive angle a bit. Yeah. So that was, I'm pretty sure that was the angle they were originally going for. And, and they one still, of the reason, they still have in the movie a little bit. Yeah. But the Joker only does it before she becomes Harley Quinn. Yeah. So we, and like after she becomes Harley Quinn, it's almost like he's just this regular loving guy, you know, like he saves her life twice, probably. Yeah. And and we've talked about this a bit and pretty much the conclusion we've come to is a, a lot of people throw around like this relationship is like, it's abusive. You shouldn't like look at this or like, it should be like, we shouldn't have this relationship in a movie because it's abusive. And it's like, you have to, I feel like you have to understand a lot of people like don't get this because they really want to, they like these two characters, but these two characters aren't meant to be looked up to. It's weird because like these are, these characters are murdering psychopaths, but yeah, that's easier to separate, I think. And I think like an abusive romantic relationship feels a little more real. It's a little closer to home. Yeah, absolutely. But like, again, but you, you do have to look at this in a way of like, you aren't supposed to, you aren't supposed to relate to these characters. I mean, you're supposed to, I mean, I guess you can, you can relate to these characters. Like but, that's fine, but yeah, but you aren't supposed to, to look up to them. You don't want to aspire to be the Joker and Harley Quinn. You don't, yeah. you aren't supposed to want a relationship like that. It's unhealthy. That's the and point. And I think, I think what DC did was they wanted, they wanted to make, they wanted to avoid trampling on that. Yeah. So it feels very much like they sanitized that relationship for this movie. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, because it makes it significantly harder to dress up as these characters from Halloween when you have to defend that they're an abusive couple. Yeah. And it, it really, it turns her backstory into kind of this like poorly edited muddle of like flashbacks that are just really jumpy and choppy and don't make a lot of sense, especially when you kind of look at like there's a version. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's like of what was cut from the movie and it ends up making a lot more sense of what they were kind of going for. There's a scene where she just looks down some stairs and that transitions into a flashback and it's like, what really? Yeah, that's what made you think of that. It's it's odd, but yeah, it's just like uh, again, like I feel like people just need to come to terms with the fact that like you're going to have characters that aren't the best people, and you aren't supposed to. This isn't the kind of relationship you're supposed to look at and be like, "Oh, that's cute." I hope my boyfriend acts like that. I want to be like. I want to have a relationship like Joker and Harley Quinn. Also, Jared Leto is bad. Yeah, I wasn't I, a fan. And I, I was really looking Jared forward. Leto because me too. That guy has impressed me in stuff, and he's he's been doing his melodramatic. I'm an actor, bullshit. Sure, but whatever gets you there, you know, fine. I don't care. Yeah, he's he's done that for like a while, but again, but it's usually been it's usually produced some decent results, like the Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, but here it was bad. He just he seemed like any other psychopath guy. He actually felt like he struggled with the Joker voice kind of a lot. Yeah. Like there were moments where he was just like growling and it felt not intentional. It felt like I can't get this voice to work. 
there are there are some flashes of where he seems okay, but he laid um, in a circle of knives. Yeah, he also gets some really bad lines, most of which are about Harley Quinn. Yeah. He's like, I got a bear skin waiting for you, honey. Oh, yeah, that was awkward. And it's, it doesn't feel, nothing about him feels very clever or funny or. I think the only scene I really liked about him was when he was interrogating that one guy. And he like sat on him or something. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. Silly. Yeah, so like that was fine, but I don't know. He just he's boring, really. Yeah. It it felt like none of Jared Leto's actor bullshit paid off. So then it becomes harder to defend Jared Leto when what he turned in here was not good. Maybe his other scenes were good, but I we didn't get to see him. Yeah. Yeah, like it. I, I think it's a long shot that the scenes where his performance was revelatory were cut. I, I feel like that's probably not what happened here. I think he was, it was probably not very good. One other thing I wanted to talk about was they don't do a lot with the bombs. Oh yeah. Only like once. Yeah. Like one of the big things about the suicide squad is that they're there because they're forced to be there or at least they chose to be there. Maybe, I don't know here. They're forced to be. And so they have no, bombs they, in their neck in case yeah, they run that's away. That's usually the point. So yeah, no, they have bombs in their neck. And so I was hoping like, Hey, maybe we'll get some interesting uh, conundrums for these guys to like get around. Like I can't do this or I'm going to blow the fuck up. And the only thing that really happens with that is if something happens to Rick flag, they have to save him. Yeah. That's really all they do with the bombs. And it, it turns into like him being that one girl from Resident Evil 4, like getting carried off by the zombies every <laughs> once in a while. And that's what that felt like. I don't know. It. I wish they did more with that. It, it feels like they didn't use the concept to its fullest, especially when it's wrapped up in like this really boring villain who just dances in front of a beam of light. That was a weird scene. Yeah, it's, I guess on paper, thinking about it, it might be new, unique, but in practice, it just, it's weird. Enchantress, whenever she's doing her spell, she's like constantly dancing and in motion. And so like she's talking to somebody like normal, but she's, the rest of her body is just moving like she's dancing. Yeah, And it's not even... It's not even like real dancing. It's sort of like she's doing that one thing or like doing the wave with her arms. It's like that one dance move. But yeah, so Suicide Squad, not a good movie. What are you going to rate this one, Steven? I, I can't think of any good scenes. Without me, Montage is pretty decent. <sighs> oh yeah, some of the music, the music choices. The music oh. choices were part of what made me angry because they just kept doing it they kept fucking doing it. Oh man, it was like some Dragon Ball Z tier. It's like you don't need this much music, guys. Man, and it's all really obvious too. Like, oh boy, you used House of the Rising Sun and Sympathy for the Devil and Fortunate Son. Look at you. Use your fucking metal, God. Yeah. Also, they have a grime song on the soundtrack that didn't show up in the movie. And they didn't use it. Just like, what are you doing? They did use Black Skinhead and Without Me. So. Those those were the two good ones, but yeah, but 
without me one was actually pretty good. Yeah. I liked it. But all right. So what would you rate this movie, Steven? <sighs> I was thinking a 1.5. I'm thinking 2.0. But I feel like it's being too harsh on it. I, I didn't hate this movie as much as Fantastic Four. I didn't either. Actually, I, I would I would argue I hated the first part of this movie more than I hated Fantastic Four. I no. Fantastic Four was a fucking garbage. But the rest fire. of the movie was the rest of the movie was not good. But you have no idea how how bad that first part of the movie was for me. I guess I do not. But anyway, but I'm still feeling two point I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah. I'm gonna give it two. It's you can skip this movie and so far I feel that way about most of the DC universe. So yeah. By the way, we've ranked superhero movies. We should get back to that. Oh, we should. So our ranking, what was our ranking? Our ranking, Do, I oh. believe. I, think I don't it was, know. I think it was Deadpool. Uh, Man of Steel. Blade. Batman v Superman. Fantastic Four 2000 whatever. 2005. And then the most recent Fantastic Four movie. Um, I think... I don't know. Was did we? This is did we say Man of Steel was better than Blade or not? I think we probably said it was better than Blade. Yeah, I think we did too. Hmm. Okay, so I think we should just stick in the superhero movies we've seen since then. Pat out our rankings since I don't think we're going to revisit them anytime soon. All right. So Captain America: Civil War is up top. Yeah, Civil War is new number one. By the way, Deadpool. Deadpool is kind of the movie Suicide Squad should have been. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like it has the lower stakes. It actually feels like it sells me on a lot of these relationships yeah, in a way Deadpool that I didn't expect. Might be one of have one of the better romances. I know it's in weird. Just in general, not even like of the movies this year. Just like I don't, I don't know about maybe Spider Man and Mary Jane from the Sam Raimi. Yeah, movie. but like, yeah, like but that's think- like the only one. I think Deadpool has a better romance than like any of the Marvel movies, and again, except for probably that Sam Raimi trilogy. But oh no, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so, no, yeah. Tony Stark and Pepper Potts in there. Yeah, no, like no, I I like Deadpool and his girlfriend. Okay, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and yeah, it, it was also a lot funnier. You didn't, uh, Su- Suicide Squad wasn't very funny, except a couple of lines. You know, I actually thinking about it, Margot Robbie was a lot better than Jared Leto. You didn't watch X Men Apocalypse. I did not, but I don't. I don't see us revisiting it anytime soon. If I watch it, we can have a discussion. If I think it's worse than All anything, right. I, I would slot that in above Man of Steel. Okay. Um, it's probably about a two point five or a three, though. Seriously though, Margot Robbie was like Margot Robbie like blasted Jared Leto off the screen whenever they were there together. It oh, absolutely, like, yeah, it was bad. It was kind of hilarious. Um, okay, so is this movie better or worse than Batman v Superman? That's the real conundrum. That is the conundrum. Because holy shit, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. Because again, this movie made me angrier, but I think it's more competent after that part. But 
Like, I think Suicide Squad has better defined characters, but even then, I think Lex Luthor is still a better villain than Enchantress. But Deadshot, again, Deadshot's probably the best written Will Smith was a lot of fun. He had that scene about white people in college that was really funny. Yeah. I'll give it to Suicide Squad. It's not by much. I think we should revisit that after you see the Ultimate Edition. But I'm not sure. Because, like I said, I think I almost wouldn't rather watch the Ultimate Edition because that just feels really long. Yeah, I'm a little bit. That's one of the reasons I haven't watched it yet. Um, Because I don't feel like watching that movie again for that long. I guess my feeling about Batman v Superman, Batman v Superman feels like it's trying to accomplish something significant. It fails, but I still, um, I still don't like giving people points for that. Well, no, because I don't think Suicide Squad succeeds at being a generic superhero movie either. So I think both these movies fail. You could argue that Suicide Squad is less of a failure, but is that more impressive? They're both still failures. They are. But when it comes down to it, I would probably rather we watch Suicide Squad. It's less of a commitment. Than Batman v Superman. But again, like that's, I feel like length is a very arbitrary thing to go by a lot of times. It's like there are movies I love that I don't want to watch a lot. <laughs> yeah, but this movie sucks and it's long, so fuck it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah, um, I'm 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 gonna. I feel decent about giving it to Suicide Squad, but again, they both real suck. close. It they're both bad movies. But all right, yeah. I, you listen to the soundtrack of Suicide Squad, by the way. Yes, can yes, yes, I did. Tell me about that. Do we have any spoilers for Suicide Squad, by the way? No, not really. Okay, so the first song was Purple Lamborghini by Skrillex and Rick Ross. Um, of the main three, because there's, there's, the first three songs are that's Purple Lamborghini by Skrillex and Rick Ross, a song by Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, Imagine Dragons, Logic, Ty Dolla Signs, and X Ambassadors, which is just a collection of mediocrity. And then a song by 21 Pilots. I think we all came to the conclusion of the, th- I mean, me and Steven both came to the conclusion of the three main songs that got released as singles. The best one was Skrillex and Rick Ross. And that song isn't very good. It gets tedious. And I've seen the music video for Purple Lamborghini, which actually, I don't know if there's actually a Purple Lamborghini in that video. A lot of it is. Okay. So Jared Leto's in that video as the Joker and he looks lost. He looks confused as to why it was in his contract that he had to be in a music video. And so he just sort of stands, he just walks around looking lost a little bit and kind of a little upset with his cane. And the last part of it just takes place with Rick Ross Skrillex. Oh, by the way, Skrillex is just following the Joker around. But and he actually looks more lost than Jared Leto does. They should have had 30 seconds to Mars do the entire soundtrack. <laughs> also, they should have um, had Jared Leto just at some point, just like straight up looking like a normal dude, like he's about to go to a 30 seconds to Mars concert. Okay, no. that would have been odd. Okay, 
So I think like the second half of this music video is Rick Ross, Skrillex, and Jared Leto on a yacht. A yacht, just on a boat. And they're just standing on like the they're just standing on the boat as like it's as it goes down a canal or something. That's odd. And he's just staring off into the distance. It's really fucking weird. Also, can we just talk about how I can't think of another movie that has made a big enough deal about its soundtrack? Yeah, it's been a while. Like, this feels like a relic of its time. And can we talk about how Will Smith is not on this fucking soundtrack? Both Will Smith and Jared Leto feel like you would think they would throw them on the soundtrack. And yeah, okay, maybe not Jared Leto because Jared Leto thinks he's a serious artist or whatever. But Will Smith, man, come on. Yeah. Come on. Give us you a could, song. You could do it. Big Willie but, style. I need it. Come on. But anyway, though, um, yeah, that the, the second song sucks. It's just a bunch of mediocre shit. That 21 Pilot song is not very good. I don't think that song would be a single if it wasn't on this fucking soundtrack and they were trying to push it because it's 21 pilots and the kids like that shit now. Um, what do you think was the last movie Will Smith did a song for? Oh dude, probably Jimmy Neutron or some shit. It might've been wild, wild West. Uh, did he do one? Wild, wild West might've been what killed it. Actually. No, it might've been men in black too. It, yeah, it might've been, it was one of those, but yeah, but yeah. So, uh, the rest of the soundtrack, there was a song with action Bronson and that dude from black keys. That was interesting. Um, and then, yeah, the best song on the soundtrack by track eight was the Eminem song from like hello long ago. Oh God, dude. Men in black threes credit song was by Pitbull. Why would they do that? Will Smith. Why save us? This is depressing, man. But yeah, no, the soundtrack kind of sucks. What if he did one for I am legend? That would have been great. I there's a part of me that wishes Will Smith did a song for all his movies, no matter how unfitting it was. He should have done like one for After Earth. No, he should have done one for the Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Should have done one for Seven Pounds. He should have done one for Concussion. Uh, what was it, Hancock? Oh yeah, Hancock. That was written. That was. I I learned that Hancock was co-written by like the guy who made Breaking Bad. Oh wow, that's weird. Yeah, that's not a good movie. Yeah, you should have done one for Ali. Should have done one for Shark Tale. I wonder if he did one for Shark Tale. All right. Didn't. So, okay, tell me about the rest of it. Okay, so yeah, there was a song by Action Bronson and the dude from Black Keys that was interesting. But yeah, the the first song, like by the eighth song on the soundtrack, is "Without Me" by Eminem. And a pretty good that, montage. At that point, that's the best song on that soundtrack. Like, none of these new songs touch that. I'm not even an Eminem fan, but that was like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm actually feeling this for, like, the first time in this whole thing. It also felt like an inspired choice, too. That's true. And there was a decent song by Skylar Gray immediately after that. There was a grime song that I don't really really like her. I thought this song was good, but there's better stuff she's released. Like, this isn't anything groundbreaking. Um, there's a Panic of the Disco cover of Bohemian Rhapsody, and then there's that fucking Fortune Sun song. It's just, it's not great. Like, they push, they push this soundtrack in. It's, 
they've been trying to push this soundtrack pretty hard, but you can skip this. It's the Willennium. There's, there's, but there's no Will Smith song. I honestly don't remember the last time I remember soundtrack getting pushed like this. I think Holes, maybe. Holes, really? Yeah, Holes had a soundtrack. Oh, God, it did, didn't it? Yeah, there was Holes. I remember Clock Stoppers had one. What the fuck is Clock Stoppers? Dude, that was that shitty Nickelodeon movie. I have no idea what that is. You absolutely do. Look it up. I have no knowledge of this. You didn't? You really? I never saw this. Oh, dude, I was like weirdly excited about this thing when I was a kid. I watched Nickelodeon a lot. I wasn't really a Nickelodeon kid. Let's look at the soundtrack. Holiday in My Head by Smash Mouth. Abracadabra by Sugar Ray. Time After Time by Uncle Cracker. Never <laughs> Never Let You Go Wait, by Never Let You Go by Third Eye Blind. Time After Time by Uncle Cracker. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It oh is a cover. Um, All the Small Things by Blink-182, followed by First Date by Blink-182. You know, it's an early 2000s soundtrack if All the Small Things is on there. Breathe by Nickelback. The Minute I Met You by Newfound Glory. The worst, day, the worst Day Ever by Simple Plan. Bohemian Like You by the Dandy Warhols. That's actually a pretty decent song. Quicksand by Lit. Yeah. Dude, I have no idea what fucking movie would have this music. I can't picture what this movie could possibly be that it has Simple Plan, Uncle Cracker, Smash Mouth, and fucking Nickelback. (laughs) Third Eye Blind. Sugar Ray. Man. All right. What's in this podcast? I want to watch the Eric Andre show. <sighs> I can't believe this. So this is Couch Potato Slug on the morning. Tim, I wanted this movie to be good. Good luck. And good night. Good night and good morning. Good morning and good luck. Play Will Smith's song. <laughs> <laughs>